the helm, the gate of Hades, the place of the goddess, the subterranean, the place of good fortune, the place of bad fortune, the setting angle, the idle place, the place of God, the midheaven, the place of good spirit. And today we end our journey in the place of bad spirit. If you've been following along with this series in order, then you'll know we only have one planet left that hasn't had its joy yet, and that's Saturn. Of course, Saturn has its joy in the place of bad spirit. I honestly wouldn't expect any less. And before you get all boo-hoo about Saturn being in the place of bad spirit, remember that it's just Saturn. It's like having Mars in its joy in the place of bad fortune. Malefic planets have their jobs, just like benefic ones do. It's really unfortunate that our human brains like to categorize things as good and bad because the malefic planets really are necessary in life and they teach us so much. I honestly think that malefic planets teach us more than benefic ones do because the benefics are the good time pals, right? It's like, woohoo, like all the goodness is coming from here and I'm giving you all these gifts. Isn't this great? Now, if you have a benefic that has some hard aspects, with the malefics, then you're going to learn from them. But if you just have like good benefics, it's like, what, what do they have to teach me? It's the malefics that really give us those life lessons. It's the squares and the oppositions with the malefics that really teach us and push us further and make us grow. They're the tough teacher. They're the ones that's like, man, that teacher's kind of like an ass, but they ended up really pushing me because they believed in me. So that's how I would look at the malefics. Like, yeah, sometimes they bring really shitty things, but it's just life. That's life. And again, our human brains categorize things as good and bad, but they themselves are not good or bad. They just are who they are. I'm not going to sugarcoat the 12th house, but I am going to try to explain it in a way that doesn't fill you with absolute dread because astrology should never do that ever. And if it does, then you just aren't using it right, or the person explaining it to you isn't using it right, or the person you got a reading from isn't using it right. Astrology should never be a dreadful, anxiety-inducing experience. It should be an empowering one where you learn about yourself and how to move through the world in a more confident and fluid way. As always, remember to look to the ruler of the 12th house for further meaning and delineations, especially if you have an open 12th house. So if your 12th house is ruled by Virgo, then you're going to want to look to where Mercury is for further meaning and delineations. Our buzzwords for the 12th house are enemies, downfalls or struggles, dangers and weaknesses, mental and emotional ailments, loss, suffering, and addiction. We'll start off with enemies. I know this one sounds really ominous, but I promise it's not. Most of these buzzwords in general aren't as bad as they sound. Like the ones that are associated with the 12th house, they sound a little more intimidating than they actually are. Enemies can mean anyone or anything that stands in your way. It refers to things that oppose you in your life. That could mean anything from a rivalry with a coworker to literally you standing in your own way. I think people really like to look at this house and think, oh, everyone's out to get me, poor me. And if you're going through a 12th house perfection year or your 12th house has a lot of transits, I think people get kind of like paranoid a little bit and they're like, oh, all my friends, all these new people I'm meeting, they're all turning against me. I have all these enemies. But in actuality, you can be your own worst enemy. I see people standing in their own way all the time. And a lot of that comes from self-doubt. 
Another big one that comes to mind here is the possibility that your upbringing opposes you. Maybe you have the ruler of the 12th and the 4th, and that would indicate to me that you have a lot of opposition in your life that may have come from your family or how you were raised, something with your early life. Maybe you didn't have the greatest start in the beginning of your life and you feel like it's a weight that you carry, which also everything in this house is a weight that we carry because it's Saturn. It's the thing we have to learn, not necessarily let go of, but grow strong enough to bear the weight of. Isn't that what Saturn's all about? It's not so much that you, 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 know, you fight with Saturn and then you beat him and you defeat him and you never have to see him again. It's more so growing strong enough to bear the weight, to shoulder the weight of what Saturn is trying to teach you. So yes, this house can absolutely mean that you have obstacles in the form of enemies or people who oppose you. But also remember that we create those situations in our own minds a lot of the time, which brings us to our next signification, mental and emotional ailments. If the sixth house is all about our physical world and physical ailments, then the twelfth house is all about our inner world and mental ailments. We see a lot of internal suffering with the twelfth house. It's the things that we carry every day but don't speak of. It can be nightmares, intrusive thoughts, anxiety, depression, anything that has a sense of haunting the mind. That's the twelfth house. I don't know why the eighth house gets all those like spoopy significations because the twelfth house, in my opinion, is way more spoopy than the eighth house. I know taxes and shit like that are scary, but like, come on. The twelfth house really holds a lot of this unconscious data. Since it's the hour right before we were born, it encompasses everything that was leading up to the moment in time before we came into the world. The line between the first house and the twelfth house is very much like that gray area. It's the place you go where you sleep. It's your meditation world. And I'm not trying to get all like woo on you, but the work I've done with the twelfth house leads me to believe that it holds a lot of keys and a lot of answers for being so hidden from us, from being like this hidden place of bad spirit, this unconscious mental world. It really is extremely active. So I really do think that this house is way more spoopy and spiritual than the eighth house. What we can learn from this house is invaluable in the process of becoming a more well-rounded human. And isn't that what Saturn wants from us at the end of the day? Excellence in the form of firsthand wisdom. We feel Saturn's influence from this house in the form of mental and emotional anguish at times. And since I have to bring Jung <laughs> into most things that I do, I definitely feel as if this house is where our shadow lives. If we can learn to visit there via our dreams and meditation, I really think that we can understand the lesson plan of Saturn. And if you remember from my shadow work series, I talk about, you know, look at Chiron, look at Saturn, look at the 12th house. Those are probably the three biggest places that I would start for shadow work. So it's no coincidence to me that Saturn has its joy in the 12th. When we don't listen to Saturn or understand the lessons that it's trying to put into place, that's when we encounter downfalls and struggles. I say this all the time, and I just said it at the beginning of the episode, Saturn isn't malicious. It doesn't give you what you want, especially not for free. And I think some people will see that as like, oh, that's a bad guy. 
Remember what I said about Jupiter where it's like, yeah, here's a free gift, but it can come with like a really big catch and it can be that monkey's paw situation. Saturn doesn't have any catches or monkey's paws because if Saturn is giving you something, you earned it. So Saturn isn't being malicious. It just wants you to work. It really wants you to put in the work, gain the wisdom, gain the experience. That's a word that I think needs to be tied with Saturn a little more, experience. So the 12th house can seem like this place that trips us up a lot because Saturn, again, is kind of testing us at all times. I think the 12th house can even be considered our blind spot since it relates to our unconscious world. It's the things we succumb to and not really in a good way. We often encounter struggles and our weaknesses in this house. And that's why people are afraid of the 12th house and honestly Saturn because they always seem to bring up the things that are the hardest for us. I can safely say as a Mars-ruled person that hard work does pay off, and I know my fellow malefic-ruled people will agree, even if they don't enjoy the process. I feel like people who are ruled by Mars kind of enjoy the challenge a lot more than those ruled by Saturn, but the people who are ruled by Saturn know the worth of putting in the work. They just it feels like such a heavy weight for them to carry. So if you are a Saturn-ruled person or if you have a lot of 12th house placements, you're really going to feel the burden. You're going to feel the weight of your burden that you have to carry, but you also know it's worth it for some reason. The 12th house holds things that can be our undoing. So what is it that tries to unravel you? What are your shadows trying to say through your 12th house? The last big signification of this house is addiction and seclusion. If you're someone who is chronically lonely or always feeling like an outsider, the 12th house may hold the secrets as to why. We also see people's struggles with addiction show up in this house. Because while addiction can take a physical toll, it often ends up keeping the person trapped in their own detrimental tendencies. And addiction is much more mental. The effects of it come out physically, but it's very much a mental game. It's important to keep in mind the planets that are in your 12th house and what they bring to the table. Think about what the planets signify and then how it's translating into an obstacle, a struggle, or an opposition. Because no planet is going to enter the 12th house without being tested. Any planets that you have in the 12th house, those are the things you need to learn. Those are your obstacles. Those are your shadows. Those are the things that you are going to learn from and gain so much wisdom and so much inner knowledge from. I know all that's a little heavy, but let's recap what we've learned about the 12th house. This house can show us our enemies or things that oppose us, including ourselves. Mental and emotional struggles live here. We can see our downfalls and the dangers that we might struggle with. This house can be considered our unconscious, our blind spot, or our undoing. Addiction and seclusion are themes we often see here. And I want to add one more thing before we get to our celebrity example. I've heard incarceration is also a signification of this house. And I'm not sure if I think of that as like a physical, like, oh, you're going to jail. I don't know if I've seen enough evidence for that personally, but I do believe it is sort of being trapped in your own cycles, trapped in your own mind. So you are in the jail of your own unconscious world and you need to kind of break out of those patterns. So 
when I hear incarceration or entrapment, I think it's more so in the mental realm. I chose this celebrity because they have Saturn in the 12th house, and I wanted to showcase what it can be like to have Saturn in its joy. They also had Saturn in Aquarius, and something big happened during their return that sort of caused this kind of avalanche effect for the rest of their life. They had a night chart, which means Saturn will also be the greater malefic for them. And just to refresh on that, Saturn being the greater malefic means their Saturn return and just their dealings with Saturn in general are likely going to be more intense unless other mitigating factors are involved. Now, they did have Saturn in its domicile and its joy, so really take that as you will as we're discussing this because I truly feel like the whole night chart thing really just overrode a lot that was going on, but let's get into it and then you can kind of decide for yourself. Our 12th house celebrity is Whitney Houston. I think we all know what a talent and rising star Whitney Houston was when it came to her music career. And if you don't know, then hop on your nearest streaming service and get informed. Her family believed she was destined from birth to be this huge talent, and their intuition proved correct. She was entertaining her church congregation to a point that Whitney was like, man, maybe I might have actual real talent and I might be able to be someone. At 15, she was trying to get a record deal, but got a modeling deal instead. She took to modeling while still having her sights on music. A couple years later, at 19, she was finally discovered at a nightclub and immediately signed to a label. Her Jupiter's in a really strong trine with her midheaven, so success was always kind of waiting to find her, and she released her first album in 1985, and the rest is history as far as her career and accolades are concerned. Winning Grammys and going platinum was truly Whitney's destiny. There was something else in her destiny, though. In 1992, she married Bobby Brown, and this is when her struggles with substance abuse sort of started, from what I can tell. Knowing this information, I had a feeling that this was sort of a turning point in her life, so I decided to dig a little deeper. I actually looked up the date that Whitney and Bobby got married, which was July 18th, 1992, and I put her wedding electional chart over her natal chart to follow a hunch that I kind of had. And when I looked at the two charts, Whitney was in her Saturn return at the time she got married, and the transiting Saturn and her natal Saturn were only three degrees apart on her wedding day. The transiting Chiron was also exact, exactly conjunct with her natal Venus in the sixth house on the day she got married. And you babes know I'm not super into electional charts, but this one just kind of gave me chills and not in a good way, honestly, but it was one of those like astrologer, astrology hunches where I was like, huh, like this is too big of a moment in her life for it to not be her like Saturn return or something like that. So my hunch was correct. You know, she was in her Saturn return. Her natal Saturn and the transiting Saturn were only three degrees apart. And then that Chiron conjunct her natal Venus, you know, we all kind of know how the, the story goes from there with her and Bobby Brown. Her marriage to Bobby Brown began this decade long spiral of drugs, mental and emotional abuse, as well as declining health. She was suffering and likely felt secluded and trapped in her own addiction. 
I don't want to outright say Bobby Brown was her downfall, but he definitely didn't do anything to uplift her. He was notoriously jealous of her fame, and he kind of tried to oppose her at every turn, which he literally became her enemy. And whether it meant abusing her to keep her down or encouraging the drug use, he was really shameless in aiding her downfall. In the end, Whitney did separate from Bobby, but her struggles followed her. And I think it was like 10 years ago now it's been since Whitney has passed away. But this whole story of Whitney just really showed to me the weight that she carried from Saturn. It was that weight of having Saturn and its joy in the 12th house, in domicile. And then that Saturn return was really foreboding. And I don't, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just showing you a really extreme example. Remember, I pick extreme examples for these to really showcase what it can be like. And for Whitney, it was an extremely heavy weight to bear. And that, my babes, is the 12th house. It's a house of mental and emotional anguish. It's the place of bad spirit. But also, it's the place where our spirit still lives. Whether the spirit is good or bad, it's still within us. It's still something that we have to deal with through the human experience. And I don't think you should be afraid of it. I think you should explore it. Honestly, I think that when you run away from it, when you try to hide from it, when you ignore it, that's when the shadows creep up. That's when things start rearing their head and asking for attention in really not great ways, really detrimental ways. So really meditate with your 12th house, literally meditate with your 12th house. Sit down and ask yourself, what are my shadows? What am I going through? What am I struggling with mentally and emotionally right now? I think we're at a point in society where mental and emotional health is becoming increasingly important and it's becoming more visible. So hopefully the 12th house won't always be a blind spot. If you want more Moon content before the next episode, find me on Instagram at moonmatters.astro. All right, my babes, I'll see you all later.